You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Hello. How are you? I mean, I'm all right. I'm going to address this right off the bat before the after the show discussion did not include this. It was all about Top Gun, which I totally understand because <laughs> it's like one of the loves of your life. But this week we have had a very sad death in our family and weighs very heavily. Just putting vibes out there. Anybody who ever has big loss and you don't really know how to confront anybody or deal with anybody or help anybody, you are not alone. Everybody does it different, and that's it, really. Don't have a lot to add, but you're not alone. You're making it really hard for me to be jovial now. Well, you know, every my philosophy of life is one of the reasons why I have a hard time with not helping people with death, because you can't, right? That's not my, that's not your place. My philosophy of life is that everything is mixed together. The horrible and the tragic and the terrible and the good and the amazing and the unbelievably wonderful moments, they're all right smushed right up next to each other. And while I cannot fix, nor should I want to or try to, anyone's broken heart for anything, I also don't want to take away the option of like, you know, right now be devastated, let it just kick your ass and grind you into the dirt and think that life has no meaning and feel all of that, right? Let it just compress you until you think you don't exist or you can't exist anymore. You know, in the world, you're just like, ugh. And then allow yourself to let yourself decompress because you cannot change what is. You can only move forward. Like everything, every possibility that could have happened with a person, just because it's no longer an option, doesn't erase everything that came before and all the good and the bad. It's to me, it's all intertwined and I'm not a, everything's going to be all right type of a person. So I'm not the best when it comes to grieving with people. I learned to keep my distance, you know, and when, when you can help you do, but so that's why. So I say be jovial and be fun and enjoy this movie because in the world, lots of terrible things are happening all the time. It isn't just this week in my family. It's this week in a million, five million, a hundred million, a billion families, right? Every single day, every second of every day. So that sounds like a big downer. But also everything wonderful is happening at the exact same time. That is truth, right? That's the truth. And balance and figuring out how to get through every second of every day, that's all I can think is that right now we'll have a good time doing our podcast. And in two hours, if something comes along or I'm communicating with family and it's breaking my heart, then that'll happen too. And then you go on to the next thing and the next thing. And not everyone agrees with that philosophy. It sounds dismissive and heartless and like, I don't understand pain because I don't feel it the same. And I get that. I accept that hundred percent. I think you should have a good time because this is one of your favorite movie well, now it's a franchise <laughs> of all time, right? Yeah. So don't, don't, yeah, don't hold yourself back. Even, even someday, if I ever leave this earth, 
my what body do you mean is if? done. You will <laughs> before you. Let's go. Let's say caveat. <laughs> then I would expect you to do your thing. If you're playing a game the next day and you're enjoying it, you can mix it all up. I fine. Then, but I'm not. You know, you can't dictate that to anyone. You just do your thing. So, all right. Well said. We're all good. Let's get on with the podcast. It's really hard to switch from that to this. Mm. Well, let's do it, because that was the message you were trying to convey. Yes, that's it. Do it. All right, Saturday, August the 27th. This is After the Show, we're a movie review podcast. We look at a movie every week, and on episode 751, we're looking at Top Gun Maverick. It's a 2022 movie, releases on Blu-ray on November the 1st. So we looked at the streaming version, which is available now. But if you're waiting for the disc, you've got to wait a few another month. It's PG-13. It's from our friends at Paramount. Sid Talk. Don't. Don't. You give me the synopsis no. of... No way. This Top is, Gun Maverick. This is all you, mate. <laughs> all you. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. That's it's it. super boring. I'm just reading what it says on the Right, tin. what's your assessment? It's the sequel to Top Gun. I love Top Gun, the end. <laughs> See, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Top Gun Maverick, Sid Talk. What did you think of Top Gun Maverick? I enjoyed it. And how did I feel about the other Top Gun? <laughs> Last week, you uh, explained that, and you said that it didn't do anything for you. Not really. And, I mean, I don't mean to break your heart, but... This was really good. It's a good action flick. I understand the human conflicts and human dun da da thing, you know, and all the emotions. It still isn't like, it doesn't own a little piece of my heart the way it does for you, <laughs> but it was really good. Well, I would go on to say that uh, I think Top Gun Maverick could be better than the previous film. <gasps> Blasphemer, I think. It had everything I wanted in the film. Uh, in <laughs> fact, when it started... They do a shot-for-shot shot remake of the opening of the original Top Gun, basically. You know, to the music. It touches all the buttons if you're a Top Gun fan, right? And then the opening sequence where we meet Maverick and he rides on the original bike and he puts on the original jacket and you realize, oh, Maverick's just the same. He didn't really change much. He's still doing his thing. True. And I said to you, I think that makes this a 10 out of 10, and I've not only seen the first five minutes. You were you were all in very quickly, yeah. yes. No, I think it was really, really exceptionally well done. Cutting-edge technology that they used to make it look amazing. Even more amazing when you think to yourself, this is not CGI mostly. I mean, there's CGI in it, don't get me wrong, because they're not blowing up real planes. Every time you see them in a cockpit of a plane, they're in a cockpit of a plane, acting. It's crazy. I think it looks amazing when you're watching them fly. Agree. And it makes, like, the original one, when you're watching them fly, it always looked a bit ropey with the camera movement and stuff, because basically they were in a chair. Somebody's shaking the chair around. I don't know if it looked ropey. You might think that now, but you didn't think it at the time. You you didn't think it at the time. No. You would if you looked at it now. Right, but that's not fair, is it? Yes. It isn't, actually, but. (laughs) <laughs> but I enjoyed the story here of Maverick. I mean, it's pretty by the numbers. Mm-hmm. It does some surprising things, I thought, though. I mean, I like the main mission, which, as you said, is almost a direct ripoff of um, Star Wars mission. 
apparently, I should say, I'm not the only person who thought of that. <laughs> because when he said, you just got to do the air duct, I'm like, air duct? In a big, giant, secure facility? We're shooting. A- Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Right. So, seemed a bit weird. <laughs> well, there's always a weak spot, and it's usually an air duct. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go with it. Yeah. But the mission, you know, that they line up from the beginning of the movie, this is what we're going to have to do. Maverick, you're going to have to train these new pilots. The mission sounds like a suicide mission. But Maverick, he um, shows them that it isn't a suicide mission. You could do this. He kind I of puts, mean, yeah. Well, he puts himself on the line there, doesn't he? When it's like near, you know, he's like, no, I, I'm going to show you that you can do this. Still doesn't seem that safe, but hey. The mission's spectacular. They didn't wimp out. I, I had a feeling that it was going to be, take place at night. Because you're doing like a stealth mission where you're basically sneaking in, firing a rocket, and then sneaking out. Thought that was going to be at night. It wasn't. It was actually broad daylight. It was snowy. There's nothing you can hide during that mission. True. It looked amazing. And it was very, I don't know about you, but it's edgy as seat, kind of exciting. It is, although I was pretty much convinced nobody was going to end up dying in the first section or anything because we have to keep the drama up. So that always takes a little bit of the edge off because you're like, mm, they're not going to kill him. You know what I mean? So yeah. Spo- I was never that like worried for anyone until the actual, during, during all the testing and stuff. And then right, the during the testing, yeah. Because like you said, it's kind of a copy, also not just of your Star Wars situation, but of the first Top Gun. We've got a thing we got to do. We're going to train. It's going to be dangerous. And then there's a mission. That's even more dangerous. Spoilers. There might be some spoilers. So if you're not seeing it yet, and I believe most people have, it's took $1.5 billion. As most of the people have seen it. (laughs) This was the part that surprised me. The end mission takes place. It's spectacular and it's exciting and crazy. And then something happens there. You know, Maverick gets Mm -hmm. shot out of the sky, let's say. And then there's another 20 minutes of the film. That I didn't expect, hmm. which is a, they have to escape from a, basically, they're on the ground. Another mission. It's another mission, yeah, which I didn't expect. I thought that was the mission. And flying back to the aircraft carrier, they would encounter these jets that they kept going on about all the way through the movie. Hey, they've got these, what are they called? Generation 5 or something. Mm-hmm. They're jets that the Americans haven't got anything that matches them, so they're behind. So they're like, if you see these jets, you're dead. And I'm like, well, we haven't seen them yet, so we're going to see them on the way back. But it took a turn, and we had this mission where we're on the ground. There's a helicopter. There's a stealing a (laughs) plane. See, all that was totally out of left field for me. I didn't expect anything of the kind. And then there was a dogfight in the air on the way back to the aircraft carrier. And it took a turn. I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward, but it ended up as more than that. And I it mean, also it's basically a bonus mission. Bonus mission with also a bonus mission of Maverick and Rooster. Tell everybody who together. Rooster is. Rooster is the son of Goose from the original movie. And who's Goose? Goose was his wingman, <laughs> was Maverick's wingman. And best friend. And best friend in the original. Spoilers for a movie from 1986. <laughs> Goose died in that movie. And it could or it might or might not have been Maverick's fault. We're saying in this movie that he was exonerated from all. It was an accident, we're saying, right? Right. 
But I don't think Maverick believes it was an accident, does he? Even in this one. I mean, if he wasn't doing his hotshot stuff, that yeah. moment wouldn't have happened. I mean, the but... look on his face when they're even saying that it was an accident, he doesn't it don't convince me that he thinks it was. Yeah. Now he has to live with Rooster, who's the son of Goose, who's also a pilot, and that throws the whole human element into this story, right? That he has to work alongside him. Maybe put him in danger of dying. Emotions might get in the way. And let's tell them how um, Meg Ryan was dispatched. Because, <laughs> okay, we're going to say, we're going to mix these two together. Because it's all one story, right? So in the original, Meg Ryan was the wife of Goose. Goose died in a mission. She laid an egg. Rooster came she out She laid of it. Rooster. <laughs> she had Rooster. Well, th- he was a little boy in the original movie. So That's true. He was like four or five years she old. She still laid an egg. Right. And so in the last 30 years... We now have the son all grown up, also in the Navy fighter pilot uh, world. What happened to Meg Ryan's character? She died. Yeah. Convenient, that, isn't it? <laughs> you know that Independence Day sequel that was horrible, Regurgence? Regurgence. Regurgence. <laughs> Independence yeah. Day Regurgence? I think that was the word. I don't think it was, but, you know, I get what that, you're saying. That movie opens with them walking through a place, and then there's a picture of Will Smith on the thing and somebody mentions oh yeah he was a hero like like we're saying he's dead like just by yeah. a picture of it we dispatched it's just disrespectful and shitty for the whole character it feels like it but you know it's a movie so i have to just go with it but this movie also kind of does that to meg ryan doesn't it it feels Absolutely. like it but- i mean it makes sense because what we're saying is okay a little, a little more spoilers here whatever we'll just do it who cares if you don't want to hear it don't fucking listen to it i don't care I'm in that kind of mood. So don't listen if you don't want to know the whole story. So at some point in this young man's career, Tom Cruise guy, Maverick, has told the Naval Academy or somehow made it so that kid couldn't actually do his naval training when he should have. So he was delayed by four years because of Tom Cruise. Because Tom wanted to protect him. Well, that and we find out that Meg Ryan told him to do that. She Mm -hmm. did not want her son flying because her husband died tragically in a you know so that's his motivation the whole time for having held the guy back and the guy doesn't know that and so i think without having her having died that wouldn't have as much impact because we can't go back to mom now and say mom you've got to let me fly you've got to let me go whatever we don't have that all we have is tom did what she wanted sorry maverick did what she wanted she's gone and that does have some impact because if you think about it, poor Rooster, both of his parents are dead and this is his life, right? So yep. now Tom Cruise is there in his face. Sorry, Maverick. I don't know. I just have to call him Tom because that's who he is to me. He's my personal friend, Tom, you know? So this guy is basically, Maverick is kind of like, from what we can gather, his only real family. You know what I mean? In a weird way, if you think about it. Is the Air Force. The Air Force, yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's primarily what he operates for, isn't True. it? True. I mean, there are people along the way. But again, Kelly McGillis' character from the original, his love interest, more than his love interest, is his love, like, you know? She's absent from this movie and not even mentioned. Not, not even mentioned. I mean, except- I just pulled up the movie on my computer and went through like a frame-by-frame frame of a couple of scenes and I did find her in the movie. She's in a scene where they're mainly showing Meg Ryan and in a the flashback, bath, a flashback, and she's kind of walking in the background. So 
She is in this movie, acknowledge that she existed, but we don't know what happened to her, right? Let's rewind to the bit where you said you just went back through this movie. I did. Frame by frame. <laughs> I mean, that is... I had to look at some it. details. I love it because I've gone back to Bob's Burgers before, frame by frame, to see something that someone yeah. might have mentioned. And I'm like, no, 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 that, was, that wasn't on there. And I've looked, I'm like, I know the episode so well. <laughs> we're so dysfunctional in the entertainment. No, maybe we're very functional. No, Our you, entertainment we is We gotta see those pivotal. details. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, at the beginning of the movie, when he's in his uh, hangar, and then he goes to his little bench, and on the wall is like a memory board. Mm -hmm. Maverick memory board, let's call it. I did enjoy looking at all the photographs on there. <laughs> and it looked like Maverick's mum and dad were in the corner there, like a mm -hmm. like an old picture. And they were both stood in front of a plane, of course. It's got flying in its blood, this movie. There are not many movies about Air Force flying, combat. Most of them are like ground warfare. I wouldn't think about it because it doesn't really appeal to me. So No, but it's exciting mm, to look at. Subjective. Yeah, well, for me it is. So did you like the story? Did it make you sad? Did it make you happy? Did it made it make me you... sad, but then I'm probably vulnerable today to being sad about anybody dying. Well, so. let's, let's mention what is really sad in this movie. There's a scene in the middle of it that's very sad. A scene in the middle. Yeah, it involves Iceman. Oh, yes. Well, you tell them because you're in love with everybody. Well, you'll remember if you watch the original Top Gun, Val Kilmer played Iceman, and he was kind of like the like asshole kind of flyboy who's like, you know, fuck you all, and I'm the best, blah blah mm -hmm. blah. And Maverick, at the end of the original Top Gun, Iceman acknowledges that Maverick is a better flyer, and he admires him and respects him. Not that they're like the greatest friends, but when it comes down to this movie. He goes to see Iceman. Because let's explain. Iceman has now been moved up to Admiral. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yes. He's basically the highest command guy. He's the one who every time Maverick has done something over the last 30 years that should have gotten him kicked out. He's filled he, it in. Everyone listened to him and he kept him in. And so he's uh, his friend and his sort of like father figure, really, unless they're the same age. They're about the same age. This also mentioned that Tom Cruise's character, Mr. Maverick, has never moved forward. Paul Mitchell. No, Pete Mitchell is his name, right? Yes. Captain Pete Mitchell. He's never, ever advanced in the service, ever. He's just been a captain the whole time. Yeah. All his friend, who was his enemy in the beginning, the bully guy, like he has moved to the highest position. So they're still kind of, they're kind of like a, a set, right? But then, as you said, Mr. Kilmer character there's a scene yeah now in real life falcoma had throat cancer and it's left him in a state of he doesn't talk anymore so we do the scene with him and he goes to see him and he talks via a computer and the computer doesn't even talk does it it's just text mm -hmm. on the screen which i loved that i thought that was like a really yeah decent way to do it i mean i also think tom was having some emotions big time like re really it felt like it yeah yeah the way it was looking at him when he when they were doing it but they do a sequence where he goes to talk to him it's like luke going to yoda almost getting some yeah. wise i catch know. what you're throwing yeah so he goes to speak to him and then he speaks which i didn't expect right but he actually speaks and i was like 
Well, I know Valcoma does not speak at all anymore. I had a look into it using my magic internet. As you do. And I found that they used like a voice synthesis of his original voice and made it older. And he doesn't, he just speaks with a whisper, doesn't he? But Mm -hmm. it's like really, I don't know, it choked me up a bit because I know what the real guy was going through. And that's the sad part of this movie for me. Because Iceman was, you go back and watch that original, he's the he's the hangman. Hangman in this movie. Yeah, so we have a new character who is the same as Iceman. There's characters in this movie. All the call signs and the new characters are basically plays on the original ones. Except for Bob. Except for Bob, who I don't know who Bob was supposed to be. But I really liked Bob in this movie. Yeah, very good. Really cool. So they have, like, call signs. There's Maverick, of course. There's Rooster. There's Hangman. There's Cyclone. There's Phoenix. Is that it? So that was the sad part for me, the Val Kilmer scene. Also, the Val Kilmer scene. (laughs) Not only is that really sad, two scenes after that, we lose Val Kilmer in the movie and have his funeral. True. Which is even sadder. (laughs) I mean, we haven't lost him in real life, so that's good. So I bet people think that. I mean, you know, they might, how that right? shit goes is people might be like, oh, no. <laughs> and like, oh, that was his last performance. But no, he's he's fine. He's, he's fine, fi- everybody. I mean, he's not fine, fine. He he's did get over his- the cancer. He's oh, in remission. Oh, good. So. Okay. Well, yeah. that's a good See, in the world of all the bad things. Right. But so when this. He's just a dude in the world who had cancer and now he's better. So that's good. When this was being filmed, he was very sick. And this movie was filmed, even though it's a 2022 movie, it was filmed about three years ago. So, you know, it got delayed and delayed. You said to me this morning, didn't we see a trailer for that? When was the first trailer you saw for that movie? Because as soon as I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh my God, there's a new Top Gun movie. And I bet you it was 2019. It's been a long time. Today it was like, I was watching it. I was like, holy shit, I'm actually watching this movie. I was very satisfied by it. Did you like the song at the end? Lady Gaga song? I did. Um, neutral. Also, while this movie's like new and like technological and awesome looking, it's also like a blast from the past. It feels like an old 80s movie. It's very in keeping with the, especially the, um, the woman parts. Yes. <laughs> not the woman, not like, like how the, romanticized they yes, are. Yes. Oh my God. And she, I mean, this is my one negative. I'm not a big Jennifer, what's her face fan anyway. Jennifer I really Lawrence? I really don't like her. I just don't like how like... <laughs> overly cool she's trying to be and she kind of talks like she's just so like you know she's penny benjamin i don't care who she is she's cool unappealing to me because she's if she was a little more like you know the bartender lady from ozark yes the bar unfortunately has a drug problem a similar kind of character but more more interesting and more realistic more like in it you know what i mean this character or the way she does her is like i know kelly mcgillis isn't here and so i have to do a thing that makes it like i'm super cool instead i don't know i don't know this woman i apologize if you're listening and that's not how you approached it but it was very it was like tacky almost Hmm. and the thing about her walking away like super weird twice two different times and then opening the door and leaving it open it's being very romanticized with the love story but that's not romantic it's weird i'm (laughs) surprised that when they were in bed together i'm surprised take my breath away didn't it come on no i think that they didn't go that far that's a done deal but they didn't show also there's not a lot of one thing i did respect there's not like a big 
sex scene. They no. he comes he goes into the house, and then the next thing you see is him and her laying the pillows and the blanket and talking, and that's it. Yeah, because in the original, the sex scenes kind of it's got the music and it's really fancy lighting, and they, that's very of the time. Yeah, so that was one new aspect here. First of all, they're both in their fifties, so we probably or is Tom Cruise sixty. I don't know. He's sixty. Right. Not that that matters to me or you, but, you know, the world. Looks pretty good for 60, though. So she was my only, and I just dreaded seeing her again. Like, I'm like, no, don't let, don't go see this overly cool bartender. Did you like the, did you not buy the love story between them then? No, not at all. Because I don't remember him mentioning her. You do, of course. So the fact that he's dated her in the past and then ditched her and now she's just like, oh, here you are, so... Here you are. I mean, she's like, here you are, and I don't really want to do this anymore at the beginning. Yeah, but that's a bullshit. She obviously, that was just not. But then she's swooning behind the door. Swooning instantly, not in her work. Yeah, it was just a bullshit character, I thought. And so unfortunately, that part did nothing for her. Penny Benjamin is mentioned in the original movie. She's the general's daughter. It makes sense that Maverick's a maverick, right? That's why he's called Maverick. And he will do anything to like just... Kind of put a. I would have. I would have preferred just make up a new lady that he meets, who's like a reasonable human being, who isn't like driving the most obnoxious fucking car you can imagine, wearing the most obnoxious clothes you can imagine. In the moments when she's not, I quite like to talking to him, and she's just he's watching her from a distance, or she's dealing with the bar. She's totally fine. Like I'm, I'm into it. As soon as she starts, talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sound terrible, but. She kind of drag it down for me. I would prefer no love interest. Like, what's the point? Other uh, than him. Could have him, like, something for him, I guess. That's not the Air Force. Does he, though? At the end. Well, he's about to retire, I'm assume. I assume, right? He's pretty much. He's know. 60. <laughs> is Maverick 60, though? We don't know. Well, I would think so, right? We don't know how old he is in the movie. No. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the cast. Tom Cruise plays Maverick. I think he played it very well. I really like Tom Cruise a lot in movies. I think he's very... <laughs> I don't know. What else has he been in? He's been in a lot of different movies. Magnolia, my well, you favorite. you said I like him in movies. I'm like, oh, what else is there? I like Magnolia. <laughs> yes, That's my do. favorite Tom Cruise performance. You really, really do. I like... Risky business. We should watch Magnolia again. I mean, watch it now while I'm in like an emotional funk and then it'll be really like, you know, because it's not. Magnolia will not cheer you up. And I'm not the person who needs to be cheered up. So it might be just right. True. It's uh, three hours of. It'll kick your ass emotionally. (laughs) Stabbing you in the heart over and over again. Or you're just like, what? What? (laughs) Why are these people so dysfunct? What? is happening to these people. I mean, I like Tom Cruise in lots of movies. He's been in so many things, and I always enjoy him. You said you found one you had never seen, so maybe, you know. I had. It was called American Made, and it was 2017 or something. Oh, don't know that one. Looked like he was a drug dealer flying a plane. Of course. We have to get the plane in there. Yeah. Uh, So I might have to dig that one out and see what it is. So Jennifer Connolly, you've already spoke about her as Penny Benjamin. Sorry, Jennifer, I really am. I, you know, I'm halfway there, maybe. I wanted Kelly McGillis back, but... No. I like her. That's fair. Miles Teller plays Rooster. What did you think of Miles? He was really good. 
he's very convincing as the son of Goose. Yeah, and not overly angry and overly, you know, punching walls and like throwing a fit, but like seemingly appropriate. Like I said before, he's lost both of his parents. He's now pursuing what is his thing in life, which is being a naval fighter pilot person. But he doesn't come off as like the Iceman or the Hangman character, right? He's not overly like he's. They've written him as because he's he's um rooster, but he takes his time. Like they say, he kind of he's a little bit hesitant. Like he doesn't want to go full on every time he's up in his plane. So I feel like his character kind of mimicked that, where he just didn't quite confront. Tom Cruise yeah. right off the bat and it wasn't like a big constant battle until we had a moment and then you had a moment and then you have other things going on. So I feel like he was exactly balanced out just right. Val Kilmer plays Iceman again and uh, he's, you know, he's in, in the movie, but I would say, what, three minutes? Um, no, Maybe no, five that minutes? scene in his office was a little longer. That's the only scene though you'll see him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you do get to see Val and uh, it was, it's actually very emotional, that scene, on uh, on different levels because... I mean, you have to understand that he's sick in real life to have the different levels hit you. If you didn't know, you wouldn't. It wouldn't, right? True. But one, you know, those multiple levels. If you know about it, you're like, oh, this is really sad. And Tom's been his friend for years, and but it's also not sad because the people making this movie have had enough respect to weave him back into the story or still in the story in a way that doesn't seem tacky, right? Or Pushed. I mean, yes, they kill him off, but which would have been difficult for him because he has had throat cancer. Yeah, and yeah. now they're his character has you know that's a whole again layers, right? Layers of the onion there. Yep. But uh, I feel like it's uplifting because here's a person who, in most of Hollywood or in most of all other projects, that would be a very hard thing to integrate. Even though he's Val Kilmer, how he is feeling and how he is. They were able to like plug him in just right. I thought we got John Hamm as Cyclone. He's the new boss. Boss man. Well, Ed I Harris think... is like the boss, but he's only in for about two minutes. Yeah, Ed Harris is there too. Uh, but John Hamm, I think, did a really good job of being that person who has to kind of tell people that stop fucking around. We're we're in the military here. Can't take chances like that. Right, but in the end, as we know, with all Maverick characters, and in life with the Maverick, the rogue character who knows all the rules, knows how to do the thing, but then goes just a little bit off to like actually solve the problem, the guy in charge or the woman in charge who has to pretend like, this is unacceptable, they're always going to give in. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're always going to give you a wink in the end. So I was waiting for that, but he did a good job as far, I was convinced he's that guy. Yeah. So that's good. So something that just dawned on me that's not cast related, but it's about the movie was the opening sequence uh, where he's test flying the fast plane was unexpected. Test in in the very beginning? Yeah. Hmm. When he test flies that plane and goes like out of the atmosphere almost. Why was that unexpected? I didn't imagine a Top Gun movie starting that way. And then that plane crashes. And then there's like a, a scene that's like an absolute comedy scene. Where he walks into the uh, restaurant. Yes, yes. His costume's all like charred up and stuff because he's just crashed out of the sky. It was very interesting. And he walks in and uh, he's like, takes a drink of water from a waitress. And then what does he, he says, where are we? And the little boy says, Earth. Because he looks like yeah. a burned up spaceman. It feels like you're in a different film at that that moment. 
I was like, what? What? Well, stop. But they kind of set you up for the balance. There's two more scenes later where there's like levity because they're playing ball. And then there is actually the comedy after he and Rooster have parachuted down into enemy territory and they're being funny. So I think there's like the three shot there. You get the funny bit in the beginning, a little bit of funny or relaxed in the middle, and then a little bit of comedy ish there. I mean, it does kind of relieve the it doesn't make it like hardcore dark Batman, (laughs) you know, versus like lighthearted Batman. You kind of get it, mix it up a little bit. They also have a female pilot called Phoenix in this movie, played by Monica Barbaro. What did you think of her? I thought she was really good. I mean, I think all of those supporting people. Yeah, I do. Too. Were actually really convincing. And yeah, they in the beginning, you get the little, oh, we're getting the crew together. And here's everybody's two-dimensional characters, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Armageddon. they were all fine. I didn't think anybody was too over the top. Maybe with a little bit of the bravado from Mr. Hangman, but... Iceman, he probably watched Top Gun 500 times. He did, totally. And decided that I can't be Val Kilmer. I have to just be that guy. And so I think, other than that, I think they were all good. This is directed by Joseph Kaczynski. He directed Tron Legacy, which I love. And he also worked with Tom Cruise uh, and directed Oblivion. Do you remember that sci-fi movie, Oblivion? Mm Mm-hmm which was also really good. I enjoyed both of those. So what do you think of his directing here? I think it is pretty amazing, this directing. Well, yeah, because there's a lot going on. There's a lot. This is, you know, director is project manager with artistic power. So that's kind of how I look at it. You've got a gigantic project going on here, kind of putting together real footage and all of the layer, not just COVID, right? I mean, it was made... Before and during, is that right? I think before and during. No, actually, all the making of that I just watched, nobody was wearing masks. Right. So if it was before, then you didn't have that necessarily layered on top. But putting performers in jets and sending them up is a whole new... And and the thing, the training was they did go underwater and they did go in all the training and all that. That's a whole other thing that the director would have to acknowledge. Like you're actually in a plane... And they had to run their own camera and they had to like do their own once they're up there. Right. Well, didn't you say they had to fix their hair and make hair and makeup? Not, yeah. The whole thing. They're not in a chair in a studio with somebody rattling them around. So he had to manage all that and assure everyone and make sure everybody's in place to do all the safety and motivate everyone that it matters. Here's Tom Cruise over here, and he will fucking do anything. He will literally climb on the wing of a plane that's taking off into the real sky as a stunt. He'll jump off the tallest building in the world, right? In Dubai, wasn't it the tallest? Yeah. Wherever they were. Climbed up, yeah. Uh, He will do that shit. (laughs) Because that's, he believes in what he's doing. It matters to him. may not matter to everybody in the world, but it matters to him. So a director is going to have to convince these young performers I'm going to put you to G7 and G8 and G9 in an airplane and in a training facility. I mean, it can kill you, right? I mean, you could literally have a brain aneurysm or pass out and have a problem, but he has to convince you somehow to consider whether it matters to you enough to go to do this part for a movie. And I feel like that's a big part of what he did. And then just, I'm sure he was in the editing room the whole time and it looks really gorgeous. I don't feel like it had any. The whole thing's gorgeous. There's no shaky cam. It's just amazing looking. Did you expect shaky cam? 
in those kind of dogfighty battles, you think mm. sometimes it can be a bit hectic, but because those new cockpits in those planes are just completely see-through on every side, I liked it where they were like, you know, leaning on the side glass and stuff. When yes, they- I loved it whenever they like, it was like turned his head and is like, "What are you doing? Where? What are we doing?" Yeah. And he's just like he's like trapped in there. He's the back, the second pilot or whatever you're called. He's in the back seat. Wingman. <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Yeah, I love that the way they looked. I mean, it's a gorgeous film. It I believe it's like on the cutting edge of filmmaking. They've got five IMAX cameras inside a jet with an actor in a jet and the jet actually doing maneuvers. I mean, you don't have to do that, but I believe Tom Cruise is like, no, we do it for real or we just don't bother. Right. <laughs> right. I think doing it paid off because it looks like a million dollars. Actually, it looks like $1.5 billion. <laughs> That's the cast, the director. Let's go on to IMDb reviews. What do you think and what are those? Uh, they're just reviews that human beings go out and write when they don't like, well, when they do or don't like a thing. You like to find the ones that uh, don't like it. So we're going to get some one stars here. The first guy says, one out of ten. All right. Garbage for the masses. (laughs) Handsome American guy with a fast motorcycle wears a nice leather old school jacket, makes love with a girl, and teaches pilots how to kill the bad people around the world. Good American heroes praise each other and make fun. That is it. I mean, that is it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Good assessment. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Second guy says, this is in the top five worst films ever. Where do I begin? This is teenage nonsense made for video game enthusiasts who spend hours playing shoot-em-ups. Endless explosions and huge noises. Volume at 11, flashing lights and bursts of flame. Great if you're addicted to all that. But I think it's just about who's got the biggest dick. And that's Tom Cruise. Hmm, how do you know this? Oh. How would you know that? I didn't notice that part in the movie. Is that <laughs> no. a deleted scene? Uh, number three says, this is basically just a remake. I love flying, and I was an airline pilot for 20 years. I love all things flying. Pretty good action, but nothing new. It's ridiculous that it's just the same movie again. I mean, I can't disagree with that fully, because we're just revisiting the same things so i can't disagree with that one either but i didn't mind i would put it on this level like it feels like and i did have feelings while i was watching this of cobra kai yeah you know like how cobra kai echoes um the karate kid like you feel like oh i'm back in karate kid again true this does the same it had the same kind of nostalgic feel to me so that those are the imdb reviews there are extras the blu-ray will be out in november with full of extras so let's give this movie a score. I've already given it a score. I'm giving it the score of 9 out of 10. <laughs> I couldn't give it 10 because like 10's like the best thing ever. So that has to get 9 from me. Okay, I'm, in, I'm impressed with your self-control. I'm going to give it like an 8. I mean, because it fulfilled all of the things it was supposed to fulfill. Well, good for you. Thanks. You're wrong, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you to Paramount for letting us review this one. Next week, we're going to look at the prequel to the movie Orphan. It's called Orphan First Kill. And you know how much I loved the movie Orphan. You did, strangely. It still sticks in my mind. It's an early... I mean, it's not that great. 
It was a Vera Flaminga was in it. Yeah, but it's very old school. It is, but I loved the revelation. Yeah, we're not going to tell you. It's just, it's very of its time as well. Because if you think about the, you know, so it's it's shocking to me that you still have such fondness for that movie. It's shocking to me that they made a prequel (laughs) with the same actress. Now, we'll find out how that goes next week. Wow. Movie recommendations. I am going with uh, the theme of Top Gun, and I will recommend you Top Gun from 1986. Tony (laughs) Scott, rest in peace. Shocking. And I'll also recommend you Hot Shots, which is a parody of Top Gun that is very funny, but you have to like like the airplane movies to understand it properly. True. I mean, it's basically an airplane movie, but Top Gun. So Hot Shots and Top Gun. And they are. I'm going back to the 90s, and I've got like five. Now, there's no reflection on their quality or whether I remember every detail. But I do remember that Showgirls was not great. It's awful. But it's on the list. Piranha, also not great. Awful. But it's fine. It's fine. And I don't think that was the original Piranha. I think there was one from the 70s, but don't quote me on that. And yeah, there was. one called yeah. Copycat, don't know which it. I believe is uh, Angelina Jolie. But I, I'm not sure. I don't remember fully, but I know I watched it. And Get Shorty, which was Sylvester Stallone and some others, right? Yeah, that one's really good. I like it. Michael Caine, was he in it? Because he was in the original Get Shorty, right? And maybe, Mall Rats. Maybe. Mall Rats. One of one from your one of your favorite men in the world, Kevin Smith. I do like Mall Rats. This week I listened to Steve O's podcast with Kevin Smith. What did Kevin do for the ship, Palm? <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen Mallrats, there's shit palm in there. If you're a Kevin Smith fan, what I'm saying here is go and listen to Steve-O's podcast, Steve-O from Jackass. And I think he did a really good interview with yeah, Kevin Smith. Yeah, it was Smith. really good. Like Kevin Smith said, I wouldn't have expected this from Steve-O, this interview. Well, that's not fair. But he said it in a way, like, a loving way, didn't he? I don't know. That still seems unfair. But these are two people who love to talk shit and they <laughs> love to tell stories. So it's quite entertaining. Yes. For sure. So, Ace Gully stuff this week. I've been playing a little bit of the new Saints Row. Saints Row 2022. It's actually a reboot of Saints Row. So, why they have rebooted Saints Row is there was four or five different games and spin-offs. And progressively, Saints Row got, like, more crazy. In fact, the the very last Saints Row game took place in hell. The one before that took place, like, you were a superhero. The one before, you know, and it started as like a GTA kind of game, but progressively it got insane. And the last one, Gat Out of Hell, was this taking place in hell. You had wings, you flew around. It was kind of nuts. So what they did with this new Saints Row is they took it back to basics. Because once you've gone so far with it and you're a superhero and everything, it kind of where else do you go? So in this one, you're not a superhero anymore. You're a brand new Saints getting together. It's basically a GTA clone. It's an open world map. You do all your things, your robberies, your missions, all that kind of stuff. You're getting the crew together. It's got humor. It's not quite as funny, I found. Because I think they've also tried to dial back the humor. Do you humor. mean it's not as dumb as it was before? It was pretty dumb before, mm-hmm. but in a funny way. <laughs> well, what they've done here is dialed that back as well, because they're like, well, we can't be too crazy. Maybe we're going to build up to being crazy again. But in this one, it's really back to basics. If you liked Saints Row 2, 
This one feels very much like that before it started to go crazy. Uh, I haven't played tons of it, so that's all I can say. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? Well, we've landed on Mod Pizza. Unfortunately, this week we did get Mod Pizza. It wasn't great. Unfor- it's always unfortunate. Mine was perfect. When we love things and then mine wasn't. And so I don't have a problem saying to the place or the company, unfortunately, this thing, you know, because you are spending money on these things, this food or whatever you're getting, just go on the site and do a little thing. This wasn't exactly as expected. Blah, blah, blah. Boom. I got a complete refund. And so... I mean, that goes a long way, a company that does that. I mean, it makes me decide, okay, today we're going to try it again. And we've had companies, we've legitimately (laughs) complained, and they're just basically like, whatever. Jersey Mike's. Let's just go. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Whatever. The guy literally said, when I said, our sandwiches are wrong. No, they aren't, ma'am. I made them myself. And I'm like... And like, you can't argue with it. (laughs) No, he was adamant. And you were even listening. Your face was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, we're going to give uh, Mod Pizza another chance. And what is your advice? And let's get out of it. I think I've said my advice already. It kind of goes with the grieving process. I cannot account for everyone's kinds of grief because I can't identify with the loss of a child or a spouse. Or I have had lost a parent and grandparents. Um, I feel like someone needs to remind maybe at the right time, that the loss of everything that could have been, the promise of all the things, all the possibilities that could have been, that's gone. I know that sounds harsh, but it does not erase or in any way take away everything that's led up to that moment. That person was real, that person existed, that person lived their life. There's good and there's bad mixed in everyone's life. Like everyone. There is no one who isn't like that's a delusion that we all try to pretend that somebody somewhere has some perfect fucking life they don't no one does some are more fraught with heartbreak and sadness and difficulties including mental health issues addiction just you know the combination of whatever's going on in that human's life but they existed and everything that happened with them existed it happened it's real it'll never go away it just there won't be more Right. And that's not comforting, but you can't don't subtract everything that there was just because there isn't going to be more. And I don't know how better to say it, but at some point in grieving, you can kind of come around to that. I know it's if it's raw and it's new, you cannot because that just seems like mumbo jumbo bullshit. Right. Mumbo jumbo bullshit. It's one of my philosophies of life that in all things that. You can't erase the goodness or the badness from the past. You confront it and you hang on to it. You use it. You live with it. And that's what makes life, life. Oh, my gosh. I think I hear rain. Great. (laughs) It might just be the air conditioner. No. Something's blowing out there really hard, too. All right. Let's get out of here, then, before we blow away. (laughs) So you can catch us on ascoli.com, anchor.fm slash after the show. You can also catch us on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. The podcast is on every platform, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, anywhere you can find podcasts. Email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She does not want any of your emails at all. She doesn't. No. (laughs) And stay classy, Mr. Tom Cruise. Let's see what you do next. And I'm going to say, whatever you do, just think for yourself and feel for yourself or someone else will try to commandeer it and do it for you.